You are Locked On Big Ten Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast. Man, we got plenty of recruiting news, recruiting as they call it, recruiting in the South, (laughs) out of Michigan and Maryland. And also, what team would love to trade up with the Major League Baseball uh, deadline upon us? If a team could trade up at one position and turn themselves from average to good or good to great, who would it be in what position? And a preview of Michigan. This will wrap up our previews, and they've they've gone by very, very fast. Again, support of the Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast comes from Manscaped. Number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them with Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision engineer tools for down below. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked On. At manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with the promo code locked on. All right, here we go. Let's start with Michigan. Another commitment, a four star safety, and they beat out Ohio State and Penn State. There's nothing more savory for the Wolverines than that. Yeah, 24th verbal for Michigan in this 2020 class. They're getting it done early. Uh, three are safeties. This kid's Macari Page is a really good player. He's from West Bloomfield High School and in, in, in right there in Michigan. Uh, and he's got the frame to get a little bit bigger. They've done a nice job with those guys, um, uh, with the Morant kid, and obviously going back uh, with the way they use the safeties, Jabari Preppers, and uh, up and down the line with what Don Brown does, and uh, Labrat Hill, who's, uh, who's another good one currently. This is another good young player. They get him. Love the guard, Michael Owenau, who um, hits – Really a, a good-looking player as well on their current team. But one of the two things that, that that jump out at me a little bit in some of the Michigan film work is, you know, can they get a little bit more physical up front? And and I think this offensive line has a chance to do that. But on the recruiting cycle, man, they are, they are getting it done. They're putting it to bed. Now they're just going to have to keep that recruiting class together uh, now that they've added uh, Paige here. Well, and I'm not accusing Michigan or anything, but it's different than it used to be. It used to be you extended a scholarship offer, Chris, and you you stood by it. And uh, I know there were times where maybe a uh, school would stop calling a prospect and the prospect would then say, well, I'm not feeling the love. I'm going somewhere else. But nowadays, coaches will just come out and tell you, I don't know if you're a good fit anymore. Again, I'm not accusing any school of this, but why not load up early? And then if a kid doesn't develop like you thought, then you can just say, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think it's going to work out. There's not the negative PR backlash that there was 15, 20 years ago. There's certainly not as much um, the, the PR part of it, although you got to be careful in my experience. And I know it's more common today, but it's still tough to go into that high school after you offer a kid and then you pull it off. So you really have to have that relationship and you have to, you know, you have, they have to be okay with it because if you really ruffle the feathers there, it could hurt you down the road. But look, I mean, you recruit the guys and if they're committed to you and that's who you want, man, you absolutely go ahead, get it done and, uh, and try to hold on to them. And look, the, the kids have a, a, an, an out too. They can still go on visits and change their mind. So it goes, goes both ways, no doubt. All right, I want to get to Maryland. Another verbal commitment, and uh, that's their 15th verbal. We knew Mike Loxley would recruit well. Um, that's a pretty impressive pickup. He supposedly had offers from Ohio State, Oregon, 
Purdue in South Carolina out of Deerfield Beach. So this is not just a, a local guy, Dewan McDougal, who has, uh, I think, like an Adam Sandler movie type of name, but he's a pretty good player, too. Yeah, he can really run. I mean, he's a speedster. He's 5'10", 175. As you mentioned, he's their 15th verbal. Uh, he's really looked good in, in, in a lot of the, the regional workouts and whatnot. He's, his tape looks pretty good, too. Uh, this is the impact gradually, just little bit by little bit. We'll see if Mike can have. But to go down into Florida and get a kid of this ilk that uh, the likes of Ohio State and Oregon and others wanted, uh, that says an awful lot. Again, can they hold on to them? You know, th- those are the type of things. I'm not questioning it. I'm just saying that's the challenge that you have, as we just said, in the new age of recruiting. Yep, absolutely. Coming up, Major League Baseball has a trade deadline. Uh, what if college football had one, and what Big Ten teams would love to maybe trade in somebody from their farm system, like commitments, to upgrade their talent as of right now? So we'll get to that with Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. If you haven't gone to LandryFootball.com, you're crazy. Check it out. NFL college coverage and also recruiting as well. I'm Dave Hooker. More after this. You're locked on Big Ten Football Podcast. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten Football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. It is your Locked On Big Ten Football Podcast. And we're going to have some fun with this. And we're going to talk about teams that can go from average to good or good to great with just one position upgrade. In other words, if Team X, and I'm totally putting Chris on the spot with an abstract question here, but if Team X can upgrade uh, the success of their season just with one position, who would it be in the Big Ten? Who would they give up a couple of those five-star, four-star committed prospects like a farm system in baseball? A couple of teams that may be in dire need at one position and going to the next level. Who who would it be right now going into this season, Chris? Well, and, and it could be a good it, – it could be a really good team, like one of the better teams that are favorites, right? It doesn't have to be just an up-and-coming team, correct? Or are there limitations? Absolutely. This is so, right, so far out there, Chris. You take it where you want. <laughs> how, about, <laughs> how about Michigan in getting one of those elite backs? I mean, uh, a J.K. Dobbins, um, maybe a Jonathan Taylor, Anthony McFarland. How about how about Michigan getting Anthony McFarland from Maryland at running back and running some of that spread stuff? Uh, how good would that be? Um, that makes a lot like obviously like the quarterback. They don't have a bell cow back. They've got some some good guys that I don't know that they're elite. That would maybe make a difference. Uh, they also might want to add because they graduated some of those guys, an experienced edge rusher. So a Kenny Willicks uh, crossed the way at East Lansing at Michigan State or a Chase Young or an A.J. Appenza or um, Utah Girls Mattis of, uh, of, of Penn State. Th- those are two options. For Ohio State, 
I don't know, maybe an experienced receiver to go along with their great, you know, skill guys. I don't know, maybe a Tyler Johnson. They don't really need that. Um, maybe a Bryson Hopkins at tight end. Um, you know, they they look. I mean, I I, I think the, the a backup quarterback definitely. You know, you definitely want to add a quarterback because I think Gunnar Hoke would would limit them what they would have to do if Justin gets injured. But you know, maybe a an, a, a quarterback with more experience would probably put them in most people's eyes as the favorite, even though they got a best roster. How about Michigan State getting a listen? I, I think Brian Lewerke's problems last year was injuries, but if they could upgrade a quarterback, um, you talk about a turnaround, a team that's got a good defensive line. Uh, you talk about flip the season around. You take one of the elite quarterbacks in the country or in the conference, and you throw a Martinez there, a Nathan Stanley there, a Shea Patterson there, that would uh, make them more significant. Um, you know, Nebraska, you know, uh, uh, an impact rusher on the defensive side. Iowa, you know, maybe a special type of running back as well. Wisconsin, um, you know, the quarterback situation with the youth, they might look there. Uh, I, I think that that's kind of where I would go with some of those teams. I, I do think they've got some good players on defense, but if we're going to make a trade and I can go get anybody, I, I'd give um, the Badgers one of those elite rushers. I'd give them a Chase Young or I'd put a, um, you know, somebody like that, uh, that that really can get up the field and rush the passer very well. I'd, I'd like that. So I, those are the teams. The other teams – you know, there are a number of things I think of Minnesota or Northwestern. Can you Northwestern playmakers for offense, Purdue playmaker on the defensive side, Illinois, everything, Minnesota, um, you know, doesn't have enough speed on defense. So one of those guys, Penn State, um, you know, a little bit more experience at quarterback, uh, you know, uh, to maybe a big receiver. That is really experienced. One of the elite guys, take a Tyler Johnson or somebody like that and put him with Freeman at tight end and KJ Hamler. I mean, you know, I think that's kind of where I would go with that, but probably a quarterback for them. Indiana, just a lot on defense. Maryland and Rutgers, um, uh, we don't have enough time. There's not enough trades available to, <laughs> to make, to make uh, Rutgers relevant at this point. They've got a long way to go personnel-wise. But, yeah, that's kind of some of my thoughts, what I would do, and uh, try to find in some of those guys that would be really good impact. So the guys that I would trade for at those spots, you know, we, you know in the conference, I mean, Patterson and Martinez and Stanley around the country, well, you, there's some – I mean, I would tell you this. Here's what I would like. And again, football is different than baseball because you can't just plug and play a guy. But if I could take a Jordan Love from Utah State and put him at Michigan State and have him coach in that system for a while, that that's something I would love to see. Um, you know, defensive ends that I trade for in the conference, if I was one of those teams in need, an A.J. Apenza, Kenny Willicks, a Chase Young, uh, a Roquan Williams of Michigan State, um, you know, backs. Dobbins and Taylor and McFarlane and Reggie Corbin of Illinois and Slade of Penn State, Ibram of uh, Minnesota, Stevie Scott of Indiana. Um, you know, the receiver, I, I mentioned, uh, a trade for Rondell Moore. Uh, I'd trade for a Tyler Johnson. I'd, uh, I'd uh, you know, uh, a J.D. Spielman is a guy I like. 
Um, you know, so those are some guys at those relative positions that I mentioned that uh, you'd love to have. I'm looking for a leader to make the mic calls. I'd love to have Patty Fisher of Northwestern. Um, so those are some some names of people I trade for in what some of the teams in the league would be trading for at the trade deadline if there was such a thing in the middle of the college season. So Rutgers needs more than just bullpen help. They do. They do. Bullpen is <laughs> not going to do it. That The Rutgers will not get into the pennant race at any point in the baseball season or the football season. God bless them. I love Rutgers. If you're Rutgers fans, we love you. We're here to help you. We're here to console you. We've even got a couch where we do this show. We're here for you. We're going to we, we, look who talks Rutgers more than we do. We talk about them in recruiting. We, we broke them down the roster and we're going to be talking about them during the season uh, a little bit. I mean, we're going to talk about them as needed. Uh, so we love Rutgers. We do. We love all of the big 10 schools. Absolutely. We're not like Tennessee in 79 where a defensive lineman said, what's a Rutgers? And then they got upset. You're <laughs> locked on. <laughs> A Big Ten football podcast rolls on after this. A preview of the Michigan Wolverines. Can they finally win the Big Ten under Jim Harbaugh? You are locked on Big Ten football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on Big Ten football podcast. Let's talk some Michigan Wolverines as a lot of people think this is Jim Harbaugh's year, has to be Jim Harbaugh's year with the change at Ohio State. He's got a very talented football team. There's no uh, doubt about that. What do you think of the Wolverines' chances of uh, finally winning uh, that conference under Harbaugh? Well, I think they've got a good chance. I think uh, we're going to have to see how the defense responds from all the guys that they lost that, you know, they've got some good young players. They have recruited. Well, we've talked about that on um, this podcast, as well as uh, many others during the days and weeks that we've done this. Uh, They've got an offense that they're putting in that could potentially be more explosive. I think it's going to be explosive either on the field or off, because I don't know how this is going to go. Quite frankly, they just, um, they were, they, they just didn't have enough big plays and that's what they're looking to do is improve the passing game. Now, have they gone too far the opposite? Don't know. Um, you know, I, I think that they can work people horizontally in the passing game. And, and in time, I think vertically they can be very effective. How much, how committed they're going to be to doing that, I don't know. I think they'll run it well out of the spread set. I don't think they have the ability to be a a typical Michigan downhill power running team without an elite back. They don't have it. So listen, it's, it's the most intriguing storyline to me in the country in a year where we've got a bunch of them is how's this spread with Josh Gaddis going to mesh with Harbaugh and how's it going to work if it doesn't work? I mean, what are they going to do with it? I think they've got, uh, did they have the personnel to fit all of it? I think some of it, not a whole lot. A lot of what they recruited was the 22 personnel stuff. That's that the, he ran at Stanford and, you know, so I, I don't know, how is it going to fit? So listen, I still think they're going to want to do, I think they're kind of going to want to be half in and half out. I think they're going to want to run RPO spread to loosen up the defense, but I still think they're going to want to run the football. So a lot of things that are unknowns. That's why I respect what they have at Michigan. I think Harbaugh's done a better job than people give him credit for but he hasn't done the type of job that people expected. I still think they'll be good. 
I don't know how good. I still got question marks about that. Defensively, even though they're replacing a lot of key guys, they're well coached. They're tough. They're mean. They're physical. They're, they're, they play a lot like Northwestern, but with better athletes. Uh, there's enough skill to match up with you. Now, here's the thing. Elite athletes on offense give them trouble. Florida ate them up defensively. The defense looked great going through the Big Ten. But when they faced Ohio State, who's got you know elite SEC, national speed, Ohio State ate them up. They couldn't stay with those guys. They play Florida in a bowl game, get eaten up. That's what they have to be able to adjust to on the defensive side. But, you know, we'll see how well they do that as it relates to playing Ohio State. But everybody else, they match up with very well and should be a, a, a better and better defense as the year goes along. Look, I don't know how this is going to play out. It's, it's really easy to say, look, they're going to win every game and play Ohio State and Ann Arbor, and this is the year. Well, maybe it is. They don't have anybody. Middle Tennessee and Army out of conference is not going to do it for them. I still think they can go on the road and beat Wisconsin. I think they'll beat Rutgers at home. Iowa's going to be a challenge. It's still better, but that, that could be iffy on October 5th. They're going to beat Illinois. I think they're going to go on the road and beat Penn State. That's not a given. I think they'll beat Notre Dame. Not a given. They'll definitely beat Maryland. I think they'll beat Michigan State. Not a given. They'll definitely beat Indiana. So, look, I, I, don't, I don't see them entering the game against Ohio State with two losses. I think it could be one. But I, I think that, you know, if they're two losses, then it's a disappointing year because relative to their roster compared to Iowa, Penn State, Notre Dame, and Michigan State, Michigan's got the advantage. Overall roster against Ohio State, Ohio State's got the advantage. So, you know, I think it's going to come down to perhaps like last year, where maybe they'll play well. They'll get hyped, and I don't mean that in a bad way. They'll gain confidence, but maybe they'll they'll be a little bit better and be a little bit more confident, and maybe they'll be unbeaten going into the Ohio State game at home, and maybe that's the difference. But I got to see it to believe it, and I just think that Ohio State matches up well against them. And even though Michigan might win the East, if Ohio State makes some mistakes and it costs them inexperience, whatever, I still think Ohio State – in a matchup against Michigan, home or away, he's got a little bit of an advantage. I may change that as we get into the season as these teams develop. But that how I, that's how I see it. National playoff team, I'm not sure that Michigan's there yet. But they're pretty good, and maybe, just maybe, they've got enough to win the East. We'll see. That is your Locked On Big Ten football podcast. Be sure and subscribe, and uh, please give us a review. Love to know what you think. For Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com, I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow.